0: The Blue Security Podcast, where we aim to help you and your family keep safer by empowering you with insight, news, trends, and tips related to holistic safety. Each episode will see us connect with industry professionals, field specialists, and community leaders to unpack the various aspects of home, lifestyle, and business security, and the latest available solutions. Our debut three-part series, Women in Safety, is hosted by everyone's favorite radio personality, Jane Thomas.
1: So welcome to the Blue Security podcast series focusing on women in safety and security. And uh, this episode, I'm connecting with Sam Shellcross, who is the chair of the CLUF uh, CPF. Welcome, Sam. Thanks, Jane. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So straight out the block, Sam, I want to know, what is it about uh, community safety uh, that
2: motivated you to not only get involved, but take a leadership role uh, in your community safety? Jane, it actually wasn't uh, anything planned. And I certainly didn't see myself doing this uh, any time in my my lifetime, that's for sure. Um, I'm sure you recall about 10 years ago, we had a massive crime spike. Um, and that's where it all started. Uh, we had a murder in Kloof. One of our residents was sadly murdered. And um, yeah, that was when we started our street groups, and it just rolled from there. We we got a couple of husbands uh, involved in just patrolling our area, and my five roads where I live in in Kloof, And and um, we just slowly from there spread out to the rest of Cliffe. So that's where it all started. And um, after our first security meeting, I was told that I'm now the secretary, and um, yeah, it just it just grew from there over the ten years. It's just. That's where it all started. So, why do you feel it's important for women to take an active or
1: leadership role in community safety, Sam?
2: You know, security has always been perceived as a male-dominated forum, but yeah. it's not actually. There's many um, roles for women to be involved. And um, you know, just from a patrolling perspective, like on our Street Patrol team, we've got four ladies that patrol. They patrol with their husbands, so you know, they 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 keep their husbands company, but they've been trained as patrollers, so they're just as um, able, as the men are, to do their jobs. Um, yeah, and it, You don't have to be on the front line uh, when it comes to security. You know, As a community, um, the safety covers all aspects. So if you are a psychologist, for example, um, and you want to give back to your community, we've got a trauma debriefing unit as well that falls under us. So there's multiple ways that you can give back. As a woman, you don't have to be on the front line and directly involved, you know, boots on the ground. There's so many different aspects that you can get involved with. So, yeah, and it's it's very important. It it, it holds the community together when, when everyone gets involved. I love that because I think you've hit the nail on the head that
1: the security sector is perceived as something that's boots on the floor. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I envisage myself driving around in my car at one o'clock in the morning by myself. Uh, and, of course, that, that that evokes fear and that makes you feel like, oh, no, I could never do that. But I love what you're saying here is that there are different spaces for women to contribute.
2: Absolutely. You know, we've got, a, a, as I said, the trauma debriefing. Then we've also got another whole uh, sector that falls under our trauma section is we do meals for families. You know, if you've had a traumatic experience like a home invasion, for example, The last thing on your mind is, you know, what are you going to cook for dinner that night or a few nights after? You know, trauma doesn't always kick in on the day. Mm. Um, Trauma can also only kick in five, six days later. Um, So we've got a group, it's called Proof Community Cares. And it's all women that make meals um, and it all falls under trauma. So we have a traumatic incident and we supply meals for the family for you know, the the next couple of days after that incident just lightens the load a bit. And it also, again, brings the community together, helping each other. I love this. If someone is listening to this now thinking, well, I don't even know where to begin in my community.
1: I would love to find out how I can contribute. Where does one even begin?
2: So anyone that's listening and they live in Kloof and they didn't know about this, they can contact their street captain who will then pass the information on to us and we'll contact the resident. So it's as simple as that. We've got a WhatsApp group with all the ladies on there. So whenever we've actually got a freezer where we freeze meals and uh, we've got a lady that looks after that. And as soon as they start, um, we deplete that stuff. The ladies get a message on the group and, you know, they all come together and and make a couple more meals. And and we just continue uh, as we go. You know, also any... um, Instance where you're needing toiletries for so a family that's battling, you know, it doesn't just cover meals; it it covers a whole aspect of of things that is all community related.
1: Sam, I'm getting the feeling that you're a mover and a shaker. So I assume that you've got some something exciting, an exciting project that you spearheaded since uh, since you've been involved.
2: Yeah, we've got involved in quite a few different exciting things. Um, One of the exciting things is we got together with um, Clouffe Projects. I'm not sure if you've heard of Clouffe Projects. They look after all our sort of public areas, all our uh, verges and that sort of thing within our little village. And our main area of of crime coming into Clouffe was along the railway line. Uh, That is one negative point that we have got is the railway line is easy access into Mm Clouffe and obviously an escape route. So we got together and decided if we increased visibility along the railway line, it would obviously um, have more eyes on the line and decrease crime. So we've done a cycle track along the line. It took a couple of months, a good couple of months actually, to clear all the vegetation. And um, yeah, we've got an awesome cycle track now along the line that residents use. And it's actually so nice to see. So that was one of the exciting um, projects that we did. Um, and it's a nice joint venture with proof projects as well. And then, obviously, as I mentioned, we've got our Clouffe Community Cares Group, which was our meals. That was a new uh, project that we started and didn't have before. Um, our big focus as a CPF is our police station. It's really looking awesome now. We look after the gardens, uh, obviously maintain the buildings. Um, so that's an ongoing project that we have. Um, and also it's rewarding as well because the members in the in the charge office are obviously appreciative. And it just makes their jobs easier and happier. Um, it's always nice to come to a nice work environment, so that's also been an ongoing thing for us. And then during COVID, we started our Clouf Thanks You baking group. We started baking biscuits for the doctors at eight ICU hospitals, and we used to deliver them every week for the nurses and the doctors in RCU wards. wards. Um, obviously, now that COVID's done that, that group is is stagnant now, but, you know, if we have any other incidents um we'll just kick it up again all the ladies are still on there we do projects as and when we need them as well which and it's also again comes back to community you mentioned the word rewarding
1: and that leads me on to asking you it it must be such an incredibly uh rewarding experience working and loving and caring and holding space for people do you have a
2: standout rewarding moment for you yeah, there's been quite a few. The most rewarding thing for me, um, which was seen as such a negative, was the riots last year. Um, just the way that our community came together, um, I think that was the most rewarding thing for us. You know, we, we stood strong in Kluf and we secured our whole perimeter. And the residents, we, we put out a call for assistance for the patrol team. You know, we've got, um, at that stage, we only had about 50 patrollers. And uh, we put out a call to the residents to assist, and we had one thousand two hundred volunteers come forward. Mm. You know it was cold, it was raining some some mornings or some evenings, and they all you know made fires at their stations, and it was it was amazing, just saying, didn't matter what what gender you were, what race you were, religion, you know, everyone stood st- stood tall together, shoulder to shoulder, it was amazing. You can feel the after effects after that. It's definitely um, had a difference in our community since mm. then. Uh, that's definitely been the most rewarding thing for me.
1: Yeah, I've got to say, I mean, the riots were terrifying, overwhelming, but I have to agree with you in saying gave me an opportunity to find out who my neighbors were. I mean, up until that point, I didn't really know the people that surrounded me, and I've been living here for 10 years. So it really was an opportunity, and everyone just became so involved. Everyone was on the trello, and everyone was signing up for patrols. And if you needed wood, or you needed bread, or you needed milk, or you need whatever you needed, everyone was just there. And I just thought, gosh, imagine, imagine living long term in a life like this where everyone is just so invested and loving and looking after everyone around them.
2: Absolutely, and that that's another thing that happened with us as well. You know, if you couldn't patrol. Um, or you couldn't uh, sort of be boots on the ground. There were meals that you could make, um, you know, ladies were dropping off muffins and samosas and uh, little cups of soup and all sorts of things. So they found a way um, to to assist and to just feel like they were doing their bit and giving, you know, giving something to the community, not necessarily being out Uh, for hours on end on patrol, but actually still giving back in their own little way, which was amazing. 100%. Outrageous memories? I suppose you've seen it all? One of the strangest would be finding a mortar bomb uh, in one of our residents' gardens uh, in 2020, I think it was. Their gardener actually uncovered it while they were uh, digging up a new flower bed. Yeah. And he didn't know what it was, so he put it on the side of the, the the flower bed in the garden. And uh, when the resident came home, uh, discovered it and sent a a photo to me and saying, uh, we think that this is a mortar bomb. What do we do? And obviously we got out all the necessary role players and the bomb squad and and they had to take it up to the top of the viewpoint at the gorge and they diffused it. Um, It was quite an exciting, strange appearance (laughs) that we hadn't seen before. Nothing like a bit of drama on a random
1: whatever afternoon. (laughs) So what I'm loving about this conversation and every time I connect with women and safety and security is obviously kind of safety tips that you reckon are non-negotiable because I'm the kind of person that I refuse to live in fear. I I never thought I would live in a freestanding home because I was scared. And that was up until I connected with Blue Security and they've been so incredible in creating um, a really safe space for us to live in. But I say that but also follow up by saying that I'm vigilant. I don't sit on the, the front of the house with the back of the house open. I make yeah. sure that when I drive up to my gate, I've got the access to get in and get out. You know, I'm, I'm vigilant, but I'm not fearful. So for you, um, three, think- three safety tips that you think are like, you know, you run your life along those three kind of points.
2: I'm not sure, obviously, about other areas, but how we operate in Cluf is that every street has a street group. It has two groups: one is a chat group, and one is an emergency group. Yeah. Um, definitely be on your emergency group, um, whether it's for an incident that is has taken place and you've discovered when you've got home. You, you've got a way of reporting and getting assistance, um, or if it's an in progress, you know, if someone is is trying to break into a house, you know that you've got access to someone to assist you quickly. And also from a medical uh, situation, you know, if you need an ambulance, if something's happened at your home, that that group stays clear of anything except for emergencies. And then obviously the chat groups are awesome because everyone gets to know each other in your road, which is my next point is get, get to know your neighbor. Um, it's very important. Uh, you know, back 10 years ago, I didn't know my neighbors and we had lived here for so long um, It was only through crime that we actually got to know each other. And now it's like we've always known each other. Um, And it's very important because we've often found where you know that your neighbor's gardener doesn't come on a Tuesday, for example, and then you suddenly see someone on their property. Um, It's only because you've got to know them that you would know that that person is not meant to be there. So it's very important to get to know your neighbors. And then also when you report an incident, is. Give as much information as possible in the first report because it just delays the whole process if we have to keep coming back to you for more information. So give as much information as you can, you know, with regards to description or what the situation is, if it's medical. Those would be my my big tips for safety. And in
1: closing, uh, if someone's listening and thinking, "Well, I'd love to get involved. I'd love to serve other people." I mean, I am such an advocate for for serving others. Um, it's just such yeah. a wonderful double blessing. Uh, but how would you recommend that um, someone adds value to a current uh, community safety initiative?
2: Um, I think, you know, just getting hold of your your local other neighborhood watch or your CPF, if you've got a CPF, um, there's just so many different projects. I mean, we all do our own thing. We all, we've all got uh, different projects that we, we get involved in. So there's always something that's happening within your community um, that you can help with, whether it's you know doing working in the garden at the police station or getting involved in the projects like the trauma debriefing and and things like that, it all depends on you know qualifications, especially with the trauma debriefing um but there's always something that you can do within your community as a woman and it doesn't have to and, and that is security related but it doesn't have to be out there uh, in the front line. Absolutely. Sam Shellcross, cross Chair of
1: uh, the CLUF uh, CPF, we thank you so very much for your time and thank you for the valuable work that you do in our
2: community. Oh, thanks, Janice, an absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, our CLUF community is definitely worth all the effort.
0: Thank you, Sam. Tune in to our last episode for this Women in Safety series as we meet with Megan Dunstan, Chairwoman of both the Outer West Sector 1 CPF and the Forest Hills 2 Neighborhood Watch. In this episode, we unpack the role women play in community safety and share insight into creating safer communities. Remember, the Blue Security Podcast is available on Google Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, and Spotify.